Live from Casa de Monte Cristo with Selena Marcus. It's smoking section. We are live here. We are live. We're live here with our buddy, our friend, our brother, Gregory Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's happening? <laughs> Ooh, you put that voice on y'all. That, that's y'all that Barry White voice. Yeah, he hit us that Barry White voice. <laughs> y'all were not ready for that. I wasn't ready for it. I wasn't ready for that. Oh, oh, he wasn't man. ready. <laughs> you know, he. You know, he got the new. One. I watched it. I didn't see it yet. Uh, I've watched it three times since it came out. Okay. Um. Yeah, I, I gotta check it out. <laughs> you gotta check it out. Yeah. You gotta check it out. My favorite one is my favorite skit of it is when he's talking about the kid shitting. Yeah, when somebody pulled it, that's the only, you know what, the, that's the only part I saw, because when your 18-year-old son is like, Dad, you didn't see this yet? Like, I don't even know, what, what are y'all even talking about? Kevin Hart. I haven't Kevin Hart. seen it. Oh, Netflix. Netflix? Yeah. I haven't seen it. Yeah, I mean, it, it just came out. It like just came out like two week. days ago. Yeah. And y'all already done watched it. I watched I it three times already. Shit. He told me about it. Yeah, the baby basically pulled pulled the diaper over it and shit on the floor. Mm. Kevin thought he was losing his mind. He, he was like, he was losing his mind. He thought it was a dog at first. <laughs> he thought it was his girl. And then he thought it was his wife. He's like, babe, babe, did you shit on the floor? <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> but you know, some girl. I, I, let, let me stop. <laughs> I'm just gonna stop. I'm oh like, man. Well, this is gonna be fun. It's gonna be us talking with a friend. This is an old friend sitting here just chatting away. I feel like this is this is going to take left and right turns of things that we probably <laughs> maybe shouldn't talk about. We're going to talk about anyway. Oh, we're going to talk about everything. We're going to talk about there's no this is a full disclosure. Yes. <laughs> there's always an edit button. <laughs> <laughs> You're right about that. There is right. That is right about that. You can always edit it out later on. Dude. But uh, no. So so you start at a PR. We will not name the name. No, it's okay. I'm I'm away from the NDA now. Okay. Yeah, so no. you so you started you started CSAC here in Nashville. Yeah. Uh, came from Atlanta. Yeah. By way of LA. Then you work in LA for a little bit. Um, no, no, no. I was in Atlanta. You were, I, you I mean, were, I was in before before I started with before, CSAC. Yeah, I was. I was, was in, in Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah. Okay. And um, so you came here, and now you you had this tremendous opportunity. Definitely. Um, you, you, I'm a firm believer of you get what you ask for. Amen. Amen. You get what that, you ask for. If you don't, um, and if you don't ask, you don't get. Yeah. You get what you ask. For. You don't ask, you don't get. So, so come on, tell us about tell us about the new this new venture that you have started oh, off man. with the this new, major company. Yeah, this new venture. Um, shout out to my my business partner Aaron Pierce. Um, I am taking the helm as general manager and co-creative director for our new publishing company, Venter and Songs, which is a subsidiary of E1. Yeah, so I'm really excited about this. E1 is just jumping into the publishing game, and we're the first JV that they've signed. Uh huh. That sounds, dude. Just the way you. That sounds amazing. Like it sounds so smooth, bro. I'm. Te- I'm. I'm really. Um. I'm. Man, you know what it is. I'm. I'm at peace. I'm at a calm. I was. I was. We were just saying that before we started yeah. recording here. Yeah. Um, Greg, I've I've watched you go through some dark times. Yes, you have. I've watched you go, and I've 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 watched you go through some dark times. I tried my best to support you, and um, but to walk in here, and to see this big ass smile, 
Something you don't see very often. You see, I only see it when we play in poker and he wins. Oh. Which exactly. doesn't happen very doesn't often. Doesn't happen very often. <laughs> when it does. When it does. It made me very happy. Yes. Because yes. now it's like, okay, he's found his place and he yeah. and, and, and he's on a road where it's endless. Oh man. It's the opportunities and, and the and the and the things that could come from this mm-hmm. is endless. Yeah. And, That's and, an understatement. <laughs> yeah. It really is. Um, it's just, it's, it's crazy because, you know, and like I said, you know, this is definitely, you know, an, an unfiltered um, podcast. And, you know, and I mean that in a couple of ways. Right. You know, like I said, we don't want to get too spiritual, but right. Right. I believe in spirituality. I believe there's a, there's a God that looks out for us. Mm-hmm. And when I was transitioning out from CSAC, you know, because mm-hmm. you and I have spoke several times, um, my goal was to make sure I could stay here yes. yeah. in Nashville because what's happening in the music industry from a multi-genre standpoint is that you're seeing a shift. It's not going to happen overnight, but I don't want to be the guy that likes Golden State because of Kevin Durant. Right. Like, I don't want to be on the bandwagon. Right. I wanted, I wanted to be in early. Right. And so um, that was the one thing I kept praying for is to just keep me here so I could make a make a difference in this music community. You know, I spent about two months in L.A. after that. Yeah. And every job that was being offered to me was L.A. based. And as much as I am about spirituality, I'm that much about family and me leaving Atlanta and leaving my two children to come here was a challenge. So to even go farther away, it was not, it wasn't in my plan. And I was right. telling God, I don't need it to be in your plan either. Right. And, um, you know, I applied for this E1 job, and that was one of the jobs that I was open for. And I got the job in L.A. the week before Thanksgiving. And they said they were sending me the paperwork the week after Thanksgiving. Monday happened, no paperwork. Tuesday happened, no paperwork. Wednesday, I sent an email, and they're like, oh, we decided to go in a different direction. It's like, okay. Three weeks later, I get a call from Aaron Pierce, and he's like, yo, man, I need some help with some CSAC stuff. And I was like, yeah, I'm not there anymore. And he was like, that's amazing. And I'm like, why what? is that amazing? <laughs> like, well, I have a, I, I, I have this new venture that I'm <laughs> that I just did this new publishing venture, and nobody understands me as much as you do from a from a musical and a professional standpoint. Why don't you come and be my GM? I was like, you're right. I know you very well. Hence the reason I'm gonna gladly bow out and say no. <laughs> oh wow! I'm cool. Wow! I'm cool. And he said, um, okay, I'm going to call you on Monday and ask you again. I said, okay. And um, that Monday he called me. And then that Monday going into Tuesday, I was playing Madden, smoking a cigar, drinking a drink. And I felt like a tap on my shoulder saying, like, now you asked me to keep you here. Here's the opportunity. What are you doing? Right. What are you doing?
And then another one of my good friends called me that morning and said, I don't know why God told me to call you this morning and tell you this, but you're walking on a straight path. Quit trying to look around the corner because God already checked the corner for you. You're good. Mm, I immediately called Aaron and said, okay, I'm in. Then he said the joint venture is with E1. Then I said no again because I felt slighted because of the situation. Mm -hmm. And then he found out. He was like, you're the guy that they were talking about for the other position for the VP A&R for publishing. I, I was like, you knew about that? He's like, yeah, but they didn't tell me a name. He's like, give me three hours and I'll call you back. He called me back three hours later. He says... The goal is to bring you on with me for a few months and then with E1 and with Venture and Songs. And so you're basically working two publishing companies. Exactly. That is ridiculous. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Yeah, man. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And you're right. It was a very dark, let's say, three, four months. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Three, four months. Yeah. And um, I hadn't seen my kids. Which, you know, they've been here all week, and right. that's been the best. And so things are coming into, like, a full circle. And I'm really, 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 really excited, not only for me, but for my, my friends around me. Wow. Because I'm going to help everybody that I can. Help. Everybody. Help. I got right. you. <laughs> Already. <laughs> See, that's what I'm talking about, See. That's why you are my man. <laughs> that is just, that's Nashville. Yeah. That's Nashville and God. Yeah. That's what that is right there. You, you're, you're, that, that kind of, that kind of, that kind of stuff doesn't happen anywhere else. It doesn't, trust me. It, it, <laughs> it really, it really no doesn't. Inter- yeah, no interview, no, let me check your credentials. Yeah. Here. That's just amazing. I'm getting teary. I just yeah. listen to this damn story. Yeah, I'm, I'm. You know, I didn't shed a few tears. I know. I'm, I'm gonna be good today. I'm gonna be good today. <laughs> I didn't shed a few tears. All right, so so let's talk about how'd you get started in the music industry? Wow, man. Because you, because it's a little known kept secret that with Dwayne. I don't think you know this. I don't think I your, know this. Your brother over here can sing. Oh, oh, he can harmonize a little bit. Oh, uh, he can harmonize a little bit. Okay. So 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 come on. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I did most of the talking in the group. Right? <laughs> you know, I mean, I can hold a note can hold or note. two. Yeah, can hold I can hold a note or two. Okay, yeah. All right. But yeah, All right. I started off as an artist. Yeah, my, my brothers and I, um, you know, we're military brats. Um, we're from everywhere, but we've always claimed Alabama as home because mm-hmm. that's where we went to, you know, high school and right. college. Right. War Eagle, Final Four. Hey, congrats on, congrats on that, bro. Congrats on that for sure. Um, so, yeah, so we started there, went to, went to school, uh, did my grad up at NYU. My next step was Atlanta, Georgia. And, um, you know, at that, in that phase, 95, 96, you know, you were seeing a real amazing shift in the game. Everybody was moving to Atlanta. LaFace was there. Mm-hmm. Jermaine Dupree was there. Um, Tony Mercedes was there with the bass movement. Um, 
everybody was there. And when everybody was trying to go and, and work with Babyface and L.A. Reed, we wanted to work with Dallas Austin. That was my hero because he was doing Michael Jackson and doing Madonna and doing Monica. And, and I was like, that's where we want to be. And um, we, yeah, we, we ended up getting our first deal through Capitol Records there. And um, my brothers and I. And, um, and then that didn't really work out in our favor. Uh, my, it was my two brothers and my cousin. You know, it just it wasn't time. And so when that happened, I went and started teaching. And my brother, uh, J.Q. Smith, who's now a three-time Grammy Award-winning songwriter, continued to write. And my, my, other, my younger brother ended up getting married and divorced and then, you know, went into the ministry. And so, you know, um, I always wanted to know where the check was. I, I was very privy to the to the creative capacity of the music industry but where's the money was my <laughs> right. question right because my brother's first record my brother's first placement was ghost town djs my boo uh dude i used to bump that song wow right. but what? the crazy thing is that he we didn't know the business so he got paid 75 dollars and got a plaque and that was it what? Hold yeah. on, time out. What? Say that again? Yeah, we didn't know any better. We were just trying to get on. Wow. But what happened is we started seeing everybody around us that was a part of that that song and a, that part of that project. And everybody was eating and everybody was living. And we was trying to make sure we could pay our rent, you know. And, you know, God works in mysterious ways because, you know, a couple of years later, you know, I'm I'm now married. I'm living in Houston, and my brother calls me and says, "I think I wrote a song that's gonna change the way people listen to music." Who would have known that song would be "Yeah" by Usher? Wait a minute, wait a minute, rewind. Okay. <laughs> Your brother wrote the Usher song "Yeah." Uh huh. <laughs> you know, you know the one with the thunder clap at the end and the, and and the rock away at the end. Yeah. And the, the eight town stomp. The yeah. one. With the 13-year anniversary, and he's still getting mailbox checks <laughs> that, that day. <laughs> wow! So your brother wrote that. He didn't he write another. He wrote another song. He wrote. He wrote. Um, he wrote Ice Icebox. Yeah, he wrote Icebox. Didn't he have a Beyonce cut? He wrote Best Thing I Never Had. Yeah, for Beyonce. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Oh good God! And you know, I can. I kept. You know, I taught. And and went back into the teaching world. Right. But he was like, I need you back in Atlanta so we can do what we had planned to do all along. And um, so I moved back to Atlanta and with my, my wife and my son. And, uh, you know, my career was much more important than my relationship. And so because of that, you know, we ended up parting ways. And But we're the best of friends. And... During our separation, we happened to have another little one. And during the separation, you well, never hear that. I ne that that was a new one right there. <laughs> yeah, no, really. Well, my my thing was, and Lord, I probably shouldn't say this, but <laughs> I figure I still had paperwork, so <laughs> I might as well, you know, do what I got to do. Hey, <laughs> I understand. I didn't brother. know. I didn't know. I understand. Like, right? I so, completely yeah. understand. I completely so, understand. Um, so, yeah, so with that, you know, I, I started a small production company 
um, which ended up um, partnering up with Tricky Stewart in the Dream. And, um, and we were there from like 2004 to 2009. So we were there during the Umbrella, during the Single Ladies. Mm-hmm. We were a part of that. Right. And, and also a, a rapper by the name of Yellow Wolf. We we actually produced Yellow Wolf's first album on Sony. Okay, because wow. Yellow, Yellow Wolf is from Nashville, right? No, he's from Gadsden, Alabama. He's just been here so long. Oh, you know, this is home for him now. Yeah, right. Okay, and, uh, he just put out an amazing album Black like Friday. That Trunk Music Three is wow insane. Mm. You know, he went back to the what he was doing in the beginning. He went back to the hood, and um, he really did, and it's <laughs> insane. And so, you know, so. I learned a lot of my business sense of the music industry through my mentor, Mark Stewart, which was Tricky Stewart's brother, and taught me as much as he could. And, you know, to the point where when my head started hitting the ceiling, he was like, you ain't got to go, but you got to get up out of here because mm-hmm. I, I can't teach you. Can't anymore. teach you anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't teach you anymore. You got to go and figure it out. Wow. And I was blessed to do that. And uh, worked at Interscope for a little while and worked under Esther Dean. I was her day-to-day manager. Of course, Esther Dean is the, mm-hmm. the African-American the black chick from, right. from Pitch Perfect. But she right. also wrote uh, Fireworks for Katy Perry. She wrote uh, Rude Boy and a plethora of other songs for Rihanna. And uh, that transition to me working for Wayne Brady. I was getting ready to ask you. Yeah. I, I was getting ready to ask you about yeah. that. That was my next uh, question. Yeah. I, I have a question. Okay. Please tell me how Wayne Brady is. Because I see so many sides of Wayne Brady. I don't know which Wayne Brady I'm getting. <laughs> Wayne Brady is a phenomenal individual. He's not a comedian. He's an entertainer. He's a singer. He's a songwriter. He's a philanthropist. He's a... Um, what do they call that? Sketch comedy. He's an improv guy. Right, right. He does it all. Okay. You know, the thing about Wayne is that he understood his place and knew how to turn it on and turn it off. Right. You know, he's, he's just like us. You know, and people want to sell him short and, and say that he's selling out and doing these things. But no, what he was doing was his job. And that's what I, that's what I learned from Wayne is that we can't, you know, we can take care of our families without selling our soul. And he never did that. You know, the the whole Wayne Brady got to smack a bitch. That's, that's. Is Wayne Brady got to choke a bitch? Right. That's, that's low key. That's him. You know, <laughs> but, you know, and, and, and when I came in to work with him, he was, he was fighting that, like. I want my black people to give me some credibility because I do this for us. Okay. Right. And people wouldn't give him a chance. And so he worked so hard to get that, get the pass that it was almost killing him. But he found a happy medium right. to make it work. And, um, and after that is, uh, at that time, I hadn't seen my kids in like three years. Because I was divorced, me and the ex weren't in a good space. Mm-hmm. I was living in L.A. Life was good, money was good, women were good, mm-hmm. cigars, alcohol, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. I mean, that's, right. we was living a life. Right, right. 
But when you have an 11-year-old son that tells you, I think you're an amazing father, but I think you suck as a dad, it puts things into perspective. Wow. And I quit mm. working for Wayne Brady the next day. Wow. And, and, and he was like, you could quit, but you'll be in breach of contract and I'll sue you. And I'm like, well, here's the thing, bro. Everything that I have, you gave me. So you'd be suing yourself. And then I showed him the text from my son. And he said, give me a couple minutes. And he came back two hours later with a, a sizable severance, severance package. package and a first-class ticket back to Atlanta. Said, go home and take care of your son. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's and in that moment, I've gained more respect for Wayne Brady than I've ever had for Wayne Brady. Right. Yeah. Wow. That's my guy. Wow. That's my guy. Yeah, we, he called He called during poker one night. Who, Wayne Brady? Wayne Brady. Yeah, I called Wayne. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he put it on speakerphone. <laughs> and, and so Greg goes, say hi to Wayne Brady. And everybody goes, hi, Wayne Brady. And, and so one of the guys there had, had whispered in my ear, goes, is that really Wayne Brady? And then you hear Wayne Brady go, hey, everybody. And I'm like, yeah, that's really Wayne Brady. Right. <laughs> that's my guy. It was, uh, it was, it, it, it's really, it's a really cool to see where you come from. I mean, I, I know, like, I know, because I've seen your resume. Right. I, I've, I, I know what you've done. Right. But to hear the stories right. of how you got to where you are and what you went through. I didn't know that you didn't see your kids for three years. See, that, that's something that's like, wow. Right. And you, he, were, you, were, you were so focused into working and, and building your career. And, that, and that's, that's, that happens in the music industry where, right. you know, you, you get to the point where it's like you, you're working so hard, you forget about your personal life. Right. Well, you know, in the music industry, we, it's, it's not a nine-to-five job. You know right. what I'm saying? It's like, a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. Like, you, like, when I was in A&R and everything, like, we, man, I would go to work and then go home or something for, like, a couple of hours. And then next thing you know, I'm back out in the streets. I'm not getting home to almost like three or four in the morning, and then turn around and go back to work again. Mm-hmm. So it it is. It's it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. We clock in when we wake up, and we clock out when we go to sleep. Yep. Craziness. If that ain't a lifestyle. I don't know what yeah. is. And, and, <laughs> and, 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 and it's not easy. Yeah. It's not. It's not easy. It's it, it, you. You got to be cut from a special cloth. Right. In order to survive in this industry. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about publishing, man. Yeah. Let's talk about publishing. Let's talk about publishing. I want to hear your thoughts on this whole shit that's going down with Spotify. I'm. Are you are you are you able to say anything about that? Not. I can't talk about what I don't know. I know it's a little crazy. It's a little crazy. So I was talking to a buddy of ours. Okay. Um, I'm not going to say his name because I said his name in the first episode. Now I'm I'm, I'm not giving more credit. Um, <laughs> but the three of us know who we're talking about. Yeah. Um. And we were doing the math to some things, to royalties from Spotify. Right. And for one particular song that had, let's say, 200 and I think it was 280,000 streams. Right. To people who don't know shit about the music industry, you think, oh, that's a big paycheck. It should be. It should be. It should be. Right. But that part of the paycheck for the royalty was like 20 bucks. Right. That's bullshit. And here's the, here's the way that you have to look at it. And, and what it was is that the industry was never set up for what streaming was going to do. Because in high insight, 
you're not buying the record. Right. Right. You're renting it. Right. Yep. And when the Spotify was doing these direct deals directly with the label, right. the middleman was being knocked out. And that really sucks because without the middleman, you wouldn't have the songs you have that's made your label successful. Exactly. exactly. That really sucks. Exactly. So, but there, but you're seeing a lot of shifts and you're seeing a lot of changes. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to shout out to my one of my good friends, Shaka Zulu, mm-hmm. who just announced that he took over uh, artist and client relations for Spotify. Effective, what's today? Thursday. Effective Monday. Wow. So we're, oh, wow. And he's an advocate. To the artist, he's an advocate to the songwriters. Wow! So, and Shaka Zulu, for those that don't know Shaka Zulu, Shaka Zulu's claim to fame is he's managed Ludacris' entire career. Yep. Right. And so, yep. he's one of the premier executives, and not just black executives, just executives in general mm-hmm. in this music industry. And I'm excited to see what he's going to do to cause the change and make this more viable for the songwriters right and i know he's gonna do a great job so i'm excited that's 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 good news i didn't yeah. i didn't know that i didn't know that either i didn't know that that's that's good news to hear because he's a powerful guy yeah that he a is very very influential yeah. in this industry mm. so now you run now you run, you're running a publishing company what do you look for in a writer it's well, real easy well people want to make it so difficult but it's not so so a person who doesn't know a person who doesn't know you know, you gotta, you gotta. So let's say you got, you got, got a baby. You got a baby act that's that's right. writing. The writing is great. How did they get to you? How did they get to someone like you to be like, oh hey, can you check out my song? See what I can do, kind of thing. I, I run a little different than the average guy. Okay. I'm okay. Not a, I'm not afraid. Okay, so we'll backtrack. You remember the kid Trinidad James? Yes. Yep. Okay. So this was the biggest mistake I made in my career. Trinidad James. Worked at a um, boutique sneaker stop in Atlanta. Okay. And me and my, my, my brother from another mother, Brian Michael Cox, were together mm-hmm. going to, he was going to get some shoes. Right. And when we walked in, Trinidad was behind the desk, was behind the counter. And he knew who Brian was and lost his mind. It was like, listen, Mr. Cox, I know you don't really listen to rap music or you don't do that, but could you please listen to my demo? And of course, Brian was fresh off of the the uh, confessions litigations, mm-hmm. which took forever to to find you know uh, a common ground. And so, legally, Brian can't really take music because he's a he's a target. Right. You give a, if you give a song to Brian Michael Cox, and he comes out with the new Usher record, and you say, "Oh, that sound like the record I gave him." Three years ago, right. four years ago, right. then things are assist at assist, and you're, and then everybody's money is holed up. And so Brian was like, I can't take your CD, but my man can't. And he was like, well, man, I appreciate it. If you just, you know, put your ear on it, I greatly appreciate it. I was like, sure. Dude looked really weird. I was like, whatever. Right. <laughs> you know, we took the CD. I left it in Brian's car and never listened to it. Then about six weeks later, it was like, we got this brand new record, hottest record in the streets, all gold everything by Trinidad James. And I was like, I said, where's that CD we had? 
He said, I guess it's still in the car. And we, I went and got the CD out the car, and we was in the studio, and we put that thing in, and song number three it was all gold, everything. Wow. Now, would I have known what to do with it if I would have heard it? Probably not. Probably not. But that one incident showed me that I'll never not listen to somebody's music. So I, that's a, I, that's, I always listen. That's a bold statement because I, I know of a couple of publishers that will say they listen to some type of music. They ain't listen to shit. And they don't listen to a damn mm-hmm. thing. That's, that, that's the one thing that annoys me the most. You know, say, someone say, I'm going to listen to it, and then they don't listen to it. Right. And because, especially in Nashville, Nashville's small, so you're going to run into that person again. Yeah, ten times. Ten, yeah. And have you heard it? And then they'll, they'll sit there and look at you in your face and be like, yeah, I'll listen to it. Well, nothing comes out of it. That's, it's, that's, uh, that's crazy, though. Yeah, and you don't want to be, you you don't don't be, be that, that person. Guy. You, you don't want to be that person. That so for me, um, I, I'll give it, a, I'll give it a, a, a college try. But, you know, I think it's very important not only that you listen to it, mm-hmm. but that you, good, bad, or ugly, right. you give them some type of critique. Right. right. Because for me, and I know I'm a, I'm a couple years older than you, you know, back in our day, a lot of times you never heard from anybody. Right. That's true. You know, and you don't have any guidance. And then what do you do? But if I tell you, Marcus, that your, your shit is good, and I really fuck with it, I can't do anything with it, but I fuck with it. Right. And then you get the opportunity to meet an L.A. Reed. And you play the same stuff that you play for me. Right. You're not going to be mad at L.A. Reid when he tells you your stuff is trash. Right. You're going to be mad at me mad at you. because I didn't give you the right guidance Cause you to t- get you to where you mm-hmm. needed to be. Or maybe it's not. Maybe this game isn't for you. It's not for everybody. We know plenty of basketball players that could probably kill a Michael Jordan on the, on the street courts, but it's all about the package. You've got to have the full package. You've got to be mentally prepared for that. And so, you know, and you were speaking. You maybe we should, we should start a church. Man, he's preaching today, man. The music industry church. <laughs> it's a new religion. <laughs> Reverend Reverend Gregory Smith. <laughs> and so, like, I'm really, you know, I'm really, 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 really excited about you know my first signing, um, a gentleman by the name of Valley, who I met four years ago at a producer battle. I fell in love with and I said man I need you in my life man and and I didn't know how we were going to do business but I was like let's just always stay in contact right and I and I was trying to meet him and the dude that was doing the the producer battle was blocking me he was like nah man like this is this is me this is what I'm doing I'm like all right cool and I just left it alone and he ended up signing with this guy, and for two and a half years, this guy was doing amazing music, but was, it wasn't resonating. He wasn't getting the looks. And so to revert back to the E1 interview, mm-hmm. when, I, when I interviewed for E1 and they asked me if there was something you could sign today, what would it be? And, and I told him, I said, it would be Valley. And when it came full circle, the first person I went to was Valley and said, listen, man, I got an opportunity for you and for me, for us. Let's do it. 
and we riding high. He's uh he's he was in the studio with Rocky Fresh during Grammy week. Um we were just with Robert Glasper last week. Um uh, Robert's working on Black Radio 3. Valley has a so far it looks like we got a placement on Black Radio 3. Um and it it it, it just takes one song. It takes one song. That's all it takes. Man, you over here making boss moves. Yeah, I mean, listen, I just wanted to make sure that these kids have an opportunity. That's all, man. Cause right. You know, because, like, in this climate, in the publishing world, they're not giving the pub deals away like they used to back in the day. Mm. You know what I'm saying? They want you to have some. They want you to have like two or three placements, right. so they know that they're guaranteed their money back. Right. There's not that many risk takers anymore. And the cool thing about Aaron Pierce, who's running Venturin, and Chris Taylor, who's the global president over at E1, is that they're risk takers. So wait a minute. So with you being in Nashville and everything, that means. You are dealing with all genres of music, basically. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, please, and thank you. I want to hear it all. Hey, y'all better holler at my man over here. <laughs> better find him I'll, on Instagram. Hey, Gregory B. Smith. It's easy. I just um, I met a young lady Monday night at uh, the BMI showcase, mm-hmm. and um, she was just special. I didn't know nothing about her. She's from small town in Missouri. And I was just like, it's something special about you, girl. And she sent me about eight records. I told her to send me three. She sent me eight. And I called her and I said, usually the first, the first thing to cut that, that's a turnoff for me is when you can't listen to instruction. Mm-hmm. Don't, I'm not going to listen to eight songs. I'm, gonna listen to, I'm really going to listen to one. Right. I'm going to listen to one. If that one is, is worthy, if it's a smash, it's a smash. Right. But if it's okay for me to listen to song number two, then I'm going to listen just to make sure that the first one wasn't a fluke. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then we move accordingly. You got to have crazy. the new wave but still have somewhat of an old school set of mind. How many people you get that, 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 that don't follow instructions when you, when you say? But I, I love it that he's like, you know what? You didn't follow instructions. You, you didn't follow instructions. Like that—that's a big turnoff to me. It is. It's a big turnoff to me. You didn't follow instructions. I gave you some instructions and, because and that also means because that also shows the kind of person. It's like I'm giving you guidance. Right. That means that you have to follow my guidance, or you don't necessarily have to follow, but you got to take it into consideration. And the other thing is that you have to be your own A and R. Right. You got to be able to identify your hit. Right. Right. Because I don't have the I don't have the time to listen. Like. You're not the only person. I, I sought you out. Right. Think about all the people that are coming to me. Right. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's, it's hit or miss. And you got to just make sure that the opportunity is there for you. But just understand that there's a, I mean, this is the one thing I will say about Nashville. You can't be good in Nashville. Because <laughs> everybody is good in Nashville. Everybody is good. Right. You got to be great. You got to be great. You got to be great. Man, y'all sometimes you got to be better than great. Man. Man, y'all be talking about Wayne Brady gangster. My boy Greg over here gangster as hell. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true, but it's like, it's so true, especially in this town. You can knock on your neighbor's door and they're a guitar player or they're, they're a songwriter. Your, your, your best friend is a songwriter. It's like, 
you're surrounded by songwriters yeah. in the city. Yeah. So it's like, what makes you stand out? Yeah, what makes you great, better I mean, than everybody well, else? Yeah, yeah. Because you, like you said, you got to be great. You can't be good. Good isn't good enough in this town. Right. No. I mean, although there are some good ones that just, you know, fall become off. successful and, right. and, and then they fall off. Yeah. But you can't, you can't just be you can't just be good. You got to be great, and that, but that's that's also something about life and anything that you go for. Anything you you have to be. There's someone else going for it, right? right. Or there's a hundred people. There's a hundred people going for it. Or you might have some great ones who like maybe turn around and sleep with their managers or something like that, and then they then they fall off that. And way. then they fall. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like you telling some stories, there, Doc. Oh, I got stories and stories. With that, that'll be another podcast. You speak from some experience over there. I can, no comment. <laughs> That'll be another podcast. We we'll have to do a podcast where we have no guests and just talk about shit. <laughs> <laughs> therapy with <laughs> therapy with Dwayne Hobson. Hey, I got you. <laughs> man, that's, yeah, man. That's that's some crazy shit, though. That's that's. Um, I don't know much about the publishing world right. because that's never been a. I've done a lot of things in this industry as far as different aspects and different avenues in the industry. I never had the urge to want to try anything in publishing right. um, unless I'm rich and then I can start my own publishing company for whatever hell reason, just right. for the hell of it. Um, this is a learning, learning thing, learning episode for me, basically, because I, can say, I don't know much. You know more about publishing than I do because you, you did A&R at a certain label. Yeah, I did A&R at a certain label. Man, we would have the publishers come in. They would sit there and pitch songs for certain artists and it's amazing because sometimes you would I would sit there in these meetings and hear so many no's and I'll be sitting there like man these songs are good but they would just be like no 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 then one would slide through but the ones that would slide through would always be their buddy or something like that and that would just drive me insane because I'm just like this person's song over here is way better than your buddies, but y'all sitting there, uh, you know, collabing together and y'all trying to make that check together. Right. You know, it kind of put like a, a bad taste in my mouth and everything. But, man, respect to the publishers because the fact that they come in, the ones that were coming in, they were getting so many no's, they would still come in and still have a smile on their face and still be pushing. And I'm just like, damn. <laughs> you know, and I would say the sidebar to that, and I, I say this usually when I speak to uh, – to when I do my master classes at these different colleges is that there's some bullshit when they say to you, if you get it, if you get a hundred no's, just keep going. No, 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 no. If you get 10 no's, then evidently you're doing something wrong. You need to go back to the chalkboard and, and, and try it again. Agreed. Yeah. That's one thing that has absolutely pissed me off about this industry. Why do I have to wait a hundred no's? Right. Keep going. Right. Cause clearly what I'm doing ain't the right thing to do. <laughs> Why am I still doing it? Right. That, that's a, that's a, I'm wasting my time. Right. Every wasting everybody else's and time. And I'm wasting everybody else's time. Who then went and told me three, four times no already. So why am I keep going back if I haven't changed? Right. That's that's also a part of this industry. You had to be able to adapt right. in this industry. You do. To have longevity in this industry. What's the best advice you've gotten in this industry since you started? Because I'm sure I'm sure you, you know a what? lot of people give you a lot of advice. Yeah, you know what? Probably some of the best advice that was given to me is don't be afraid to say no. And there was a story with my brother. My brother also wrote a record called um, Like a Boy that was on Sierra. Right. 
But that record was originally for Kelly Rowland. What? I didn't know that. A lot of people don't know that. But what happened? I've been finding out some shit from him. <laughs> yeah, I'm finding happened, out. Find out all kinds of stuff. Yeah, what happened was they submitted the song to to Mr. Knowles, and Mr. Knowles was like, "Yo, this song is amazing. This is a great record, but I think it's too big for Kelly." Now, if you want to give it to somebody else, we can make that happen. But it's too big for Kelly. And my brother said, well, you know what? I wrote this specifically for her. And so if if she can't have it, then can't anybody have it? And then it ended up, you know, his management ended up shopping the record to Sierra. And it was a smash for her. I, I I just find it that, that that makes me question if Kelly even heard the song. Oh yeah, did she I hear mean, the she song? She and my brother are very good friends. Okay, yeah, okay. okay. I mean, think about think about when we went to the Boys to Men. Yeah, uh, the CMT Crossroads. Yeah, the yeah. Crossroads, and they talked about the story with yeah. the Rascal Flatts, Flatts record. No, no, the Lone Star, the Lone Star. No, no, it was Rascal Flatts. No, it was Lone Star. Amazed. Oh yeah, it was Long Star. It was yeah. Long Star. I'm sorry. Have you heard you heard that story? Yeah, yeah, I heard that story. I used to I used to work with Long Star. Yeah. That, so that record was written for Boys to Men. Yeah. And they passed on it, and they was like, "Nah, this. Now nah, we good." Wait a minute, wait a minute. Boys to Men passed on the song. Amazing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I bet you they but forget. They, but they, like, but like they, they said, <laughs> like they said on the show, twenty years later, they ended up cutting the record anyway. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's on Spotify. Their, their, version, their, version. their version of it is on Spotify. Boys the Men version yes. of Amaze. Yeah, they, yes. they cut it on a, on one of their albums. It's on Spotify. Ooh, I'm about to go listen to that and, shit. And, it's, it's, and they killed it that they night, They killed it too. that night. Them and Brett Young, they, they, they killed it. <laughs> Man, I got goosebumps listening to that song. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a good crazy. song. It's a great, it's a damn good song. It's a great yeah. record. I asked a girl out to be my girlfriend on that song when nice. I was in high school. That's a great song. That's a great song yeah. on her, at her birthday party. How'd that go? She said, no, no, I'm just kidding. No, she said. <laughs> yeah, you know what you tell her? You said you was not amazed by you. Was, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I started singing the song. Back then, I could hit a note or two. <laughs> you know, back then. Now, I can't hit a note at all. Don't ask me to sing a damn thing. As my aunt told me today. <laughs> Wait, but she told you what? Oh, uh, yeah. So, me and I had a conversation today about how when I first came to Nashville, I wanted to be a singer-songwriter, which is very true. I, you know what? I did not know that. Yeah. I wanted to be I wanted to be a sing, mainly a songwriter more than a singer because I know that I could not there was no vocal lesson that was going to help me at all. <laughs> I'm just not God didn't bless me with that. I wish He did. Everyone else in my family, on the other hand, can sing. Right. Not me. Mm. It happens. So, uh, yeah, I got skipped with that, James. <laughs> I don't know why. We 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 have come. Me and Jesus have conversations about that quite often. <laughs> Quite often, but no, it's it's been it's been uh it's been a good road for me in the industry. But yeah, I, I asked a girl on that on that song. That song's just amazing. No pun intended. Yes, actually, pun intended. Man, they I remember at the label, man, they did so many remixes of that song. They won Grammys for that song, didn't they? Yeah, man, Richie Richie Don Richie McDonald, man, he 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 slaughtered it, man. Man, I, I remember when he brought it in and and they played it, and I was just sitting there and I was like. What is this? But when they brought in all the remixes, I was like, oh, man, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> so when do you know, for, an, for a writer, when do you know that 
okay, you're on to something. Like, like you talk, like you, like you hear a couple songs, and, and, and you're your, like, and you're like, there's something there. It's your gut. Yeah, it's your gut. I'm telling you. Do you, I, like, I, do you know in the first like 30 seconds of hearing? Bro, it? I know in the first 12 seconds. I know before the song comes on. I know before the lyric comes on. That's a gift. That's that's A and R right that's there. That's A and R. That's an A and R gift right yeah. there. Mm-hmm. And and you you and you can't be afraid to go to to Tupelo, Mississippi, or mm-hmm. or Anniston, Alabama, or you know Madison, Tennessee, because the thing is, is that uh, it's so much talent in these little towns. But the thing is, is that you're never going to make it in the music industry if you're not in a music city. Say that one more time so everyone can hear it, because I've had many arguments with different artists and songwriters about how, oh, I can make it outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Go ahead, go ahead and say that one more time. You will never make it in the music industry if you do not reside in a music town. So if you don't live in L.A., you don't live in Atlanta, you don't live in New York. You don't live in Nashville. Ain't no way in hell you're going to make it in this, music, it's, it's, in this industry. Hey, listen. Here's, here's a case in point. Look at Jodeci. Everybody says, you know, Jodeci. Oh, well, Jodeci made it. No, no, no. Jodeci has a song called Success on the Diary of a Mad Band album. It comes in maybe four minutes and 28 seconds after the last song on the album. It's a, it's a bonus cut. If if you're not letting mm-hmm. it ride out, you'll never hear the song. But the song is a story about them hopping in their car with a, a couple of dollars to their name and driving to New York and trying to figure out how they're going to make it. Look at Fantasia. Fantasia's from North Carolina. She made it, but it took American Idol for her to make it. Mm-hmm. You know, my brother JQ made it, but we had to leave Alabama right. in order to make it, you right. know. I want to. Can we get JQ on the show? Yeah. I want JQ on it. Yeah. And then I want to convince him to let me meet JoJo. <laughs> <laughs> he was with Brandy last night. I, know, I, saw, like, oh, I saw that. Man. I saw that. Wait a minute. He was with Brandy? He was with Brandy. He's like, I'm doing vocal. I'm doing vocal uh, production on the, one of the greatest singers of our era. Yes. He said, this is very challenging. Yep. Yeah, because I saw I saw the cap, I saw a picture he posted on Instagram, and the caption was about how like at first they didn't get along because yeah. he was so hard on her. <laughs> they didn't get along, yeah. but now they're like the best of friends, and and now like they've been working together for years. So yeah, it's like, it like you, but you that, that's, you need someone who's hard on you in this yeah. industry. Yeah, and, and he's hard on everybody. Yeah, you know, he's the, the Jennifer Lopez. Was one of the hardest ones he was on, and he'll tell you his favorite person to write with and and record is Britney Spears, because Britney's not the best singer in the world, but what Britney does is she listens. Wow. He said that on MTV. Wow. Now I've never heard anyone say that about Britney yeah. Spears. Wow. Mm. And then and then the dream who is one of the greatest songwriters of our era as well, yes. on MTV said, if there was one person outside of yourself that you would write with, who would it be? And he said it would be J.Q. Smith because he gets it. Yeah, I need, we need to get, get his brother on here yeah. for sure. Hey, I'm, down, make that happen. I'm down for that. We're going to make that happen. Yeah. I'm sure he got some stories. Oh, boy. I'm sure he got some <laughs> yeah. stories. Yeah, I almost didn't make the album. That's right. <laughs> it, it almost didn't. 
That's right. That was one of them A&R meetings where everybody said no except for B. Cox and uh, Miff Hits. And, and both of them were junior A&Rs at the time. Wow. The whole Arista team was like, no, this is trash. This record is terrible. It's not going to work. It's the number five song in the history of Billboard music. It's been in Hitch. Yes. It's been in everything. It's been, been in everything. Uh, it's been in uh, Hangover. It has been in Hangover. Right. Yep. It's been everywhere. Jeez. That was my eighth. That was my eighth grade year. I'm dating myself. <laughs> I'm dating myself. I'm da- I, I had kids. I had <laughs> kids. I'm not saying a word. I'm not dating nothing. <laughs> you know, I'm over here quiet. Y'all can date yourselves all you want to. I'm over here quiet. Says the one with no hair who hides his gray hair, basically. <laughs> I cut that shit off. <laughs> Says the one with no hair over there. But that also proves that not, not everybody in A&R always have it right. Yep. I they don't mean, always have it right. There's there, there, there's some hits and there's some misses, but right. come on. Not, yeah, not everybody in A&R. They're they, not always right. Everyone thinks that, oh, because A&R says so. It's like, oh, no. 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 Mm-mm. Need You Now was like that for Lady Antebellum. Right. It almost didn't make the record. Right. It, it was the last song they went back in and cut. And it almost did not make the record. And they fought for that song. I mean, there's just some songs you just got to fight for. Yeah. You just, you gotta, yeah. You got to fight against that exec, you know, because that exec just, sometimes these execs that like to put themselves in these, like, glass cubes, and you just got to fight for those songs, man, because you know it. Like like Greg said, man, you, it's, it's a gut. You feel it. And you got to be willing to, to, to sacrifice something for it, you know. It's preach. You, gotta, you, you, gotta, you have to sacrifice. Would you put your job on the line for this record? Mm-hmm. Preach. Yeah, I call it putting your nuts on the line. You gotta put your nuts on the line sometimes. If you don't put anything on the line, you ain't get, you can't reap the benefits. Right. You can't if you don't sacrifice anything, you can't reap the benefits of what what you get. And that's just the way it is. That's that's life, and that's the industry as well. Yeah. All right, so now we get the serious shit out the way. Let's talk about some bullshit here. Oh, let's bullshit. Let's bullshit here. Okay. We're, we're friends. This this is the first time we've hung out since we came up with the idea of the podcast. It has, man. I ain't, man, Greg. I ain't, ain't seen you in a minute, man. Last time we hung out, we were here. We were here. We, we were here. We were here last time we hung out. They know us by name here. <laughs> Not a bad thing. Not a bad thing. So, they know us by name. We come in here now. He, Larry, hugs me. <laughs> he always has a big smile on his face when I walk in. Um, so, we talk about you in Atlanta. We talk about you and and R and B. Talk about you and Wayne Brady. Let's talk about what's the craziest shit you've done in this industry that you can talk about. <laughs> yeah, like the craziest shit like That's to get a, to get a, a story. Record, it's a storytelling time. To get a record through or something. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, wow. Um, what's the craziest shit you've done? I don't know if it's crazy. I mean, I think we all have taken one for the team. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think <laughs> somewhere in, in our career, good, bad, or ugly, we've taken one for the team. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, yeah. I, I I I took I took one for the team to get our meeting with Dallas Austin. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was working in a watch store part time. I was teaching, and I was working in a watch store part time, and. This is when G-Shocks, the first time, were the hot thing. Mm-hmm. And Dallas Austin had probably every G-Shock known to men. And in Atlanta, the company I worked for had the only, like, fluid 
stock of the limited editions. And so I told Dallas, he came in the store, and I was like, here's the thing, man. I have my demo, and at this time, which is the late 1900s, um, <laughs> um, I told Dallas, I said, if you take my demo, that didn't even mean you had to listen to it. If you take it, I will give you any G-Shock watch you want at cost. And he bought about seven of them at cost. And I said, it's not guaranteed that you're going to listen to this. He said, you're right, but I got a great deal on these watches. And walked out of the store. And two months later, he came back and said, hey, man, I really like this, what you're doing. Can you guys come to my studio and come and have a meeting with me? And at the time, my youngest brother, who was in the group, was in high school. So mm. in Alabama. So I had to drive. I had to take off work, drive to Alabama, which is only an hour and a half, two hours away. Right. But I had to go and get him and be back by 6 o'clock to take the meeting with Dallas Austin. It worked in our favor. It worked in your favor. It definitely yeah. worked in our favor. We talked about boys to men. Okay. All right. Sean. It's my guy. How did you come up working with him? Man, um, it was by way of my brother. Um, my brother was, you know, my brother's a, a uh, hef, heavy collaborator with, uh, with Kenny Babyface Edmonds. And, um, and at the time, I was just a big fan of what Sean did as a solo artist. And the Vision of a Sunset, I think, is one of the greatest songs ever written. And um, and out, you know, this was me coming into my tenure at CSAC in um, 2014, 2013. And I knew Sean wasn't happy at his PRO. Mm. And um, I kept telling Q, just give me, let me just meet with him. And let me, can you give me a meeting? Can you give me this? Can you give me that? And it never happened. He tried, but it just, two and two just wouldn't come together. But what ended up happening is that Brian Michael Cox has a Grammy brunch every year mm -hmm. in L.A. And one year, Sean came to the brunch. And I rushed him like a, like a groupie. It was like, man, I just need a couple minutes of your time. And he was like, man, you look like my guy, man. You look like a friend of mine named JQ. And I pointed at JQ and JQ Wade. I said, that's my kid brother. And he was like, yo, that's crazy. And so we just talked about music and just talked about how, you know, how much I was in awe of him and, and his songwriting capabilities in contrast to the artistry. And he was like, oh, he said, oh, you're a, you're a, you're a student of the game. I said, yeah, I plan on being a teacher one day, but right now I am a student of the game. I said, but I think I could benefit you as a songwriter if you came and worked with me. And, um, and that's how it happened. And we gained a great friendship in the process. And so, Man. you know, Sean is my guy today. I mean, you know. That's crazy. Wait a minute. Y'all went to the, what? I didn't get that phone call. Y'all sitting there kicking it, boys, the men and everything. I did not get that phone call. My phone is that. See, what had happened was. That was a I thought I was good that yeah, night. That was, that was, and, that was a tough Marcus hit day. me like, yo, you on the way? I was like, bro, I'm sitting by the phone waiting on them to call me to see if I got tickets. Yeah. I got in when I say I was in the last 10 people that got into that 
that show that night. I had found out maybe two days before because they sent they sent the email out right about it, and I'm like, oh. And normally when I get these emails, I'm like, I'll I'll skip over it because it's normally someone I don't want to see. Right. I've been to about probably about two of them. Mm-hmm. I went to Alicia Keys and Mary Morris one. Wow. Wow. And it's the only concert or even you know TV event right. or whatever that I've e- actually ever cried like shed a tear because, the, and this is before I even knew much about Mary Morris. She had at that point only had really my church out. Mm-hmm. So it's like, so when I, so I'm like, okay, Mary Morris, I'm really there for Alicia Keys. This is really what I'm there for. Right. And I thought, okay, Mary Morris is just another female vocalist, country singer, which is like, okay, whatever leave that alone but it's like not in a bad way it's just that there's just so many that sound similar right um and so but when she got up there and she started holding notes and going toe for toe with Alicia Keys on vocals (laughs) going toe for toe with Alicia Keys on Alicia Keys songs right on Alicia Keys, I'm looking at, I, I'm pausing because I'm looking at Dwayne's facial expression, and it's hilarious. I'm sorry, Mary Morris? <laughs> yes. Going, wait a minute, Mary Morris Mar- going toe-to-toe toe with Alicia, to toe. Alicia Keys. Toe-to-toe. You should go watch the episode on YouTube. I'm going to watch it tonight. Toe-to-toe. They actually did a collaboration on the Grammys, and there was a song, it was a song that was like, gave me, it gave me chills up my spine. I looked at my friend Nicole, and I'm like teary-eyed because... I had just been mind blown. Like I felt like I went to church. No pun intended. To no pun intended to, to Marin's song, but I felt <laughs> like I went to church because of the fact that it was just so moving. Right. R and B and country music are cousins. That's just that's, the genres are cousins. It's just Listen, the, take out take out the eight oh eight, put it in a banjo. Exactly. There you go. That's exactly they tell what it stories. Is. They it's, tell it's stories. A story. It's timeless music. And when you have you had Alicia Keys singing. Mary Morris once, and then you had Mary Morris going and they singing um, "If I Ain't Got You," and then you had Alicia Keys freestyling on Mary Morris's "Rich," and it's like, what the hell am I at? Right. What am I experiencing right, right now? So I don't. That's, I, so I'm very picky on what CMT. I say that because I'm very picky on what CMT crossroads I go to. Right. But I went to this one because I got a little bit of history of Boys to Men in my family. Right. A little bit of history. They all went to high school together. Right. With my family. I used to write songs with my uncle back in the day. So um, I'm like, oh, I got to go. I'd never seen him before. I always been meaning to go and go see him with the symphony and the orchestra. Right. Right. And never gone. So this is the first time I've seen Boys to Men live. Wow. Okay. And I'm like, I was mind blown because they still had it on stage. Boy. The vocals, the performance, the dancing, it was still like you were, like they were still in the nineties. Right. Mm. They haven't lost a step. Not one. Not one step. I'm not vocally either. No. No. And 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 for those of you who ever who could get a chance to go to a taping, focus more in between the songs. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> and or, listen to, and listen to the things that are said. Or even remember one yank stopped the song in the middle of the song. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> while they were like, while this they ain't were right, he said this ain't right. This ain't Stop. right. He stopped it. Hey, if it ain't right, it ain't right. Hey, stopped it. That's real talk, right? Because there. they would have had to go back. Well, they would have had to go back and re-record it anyway, right? Because it's television, so you can you can like we can go back and edit this out and record re-record this whole thing, right? But they had to go back and re-record it. So they didn't re-record one song twice. 
because it was bad. Because yeah. I wouldn't say bad, but it just wasn't hitting. It wasn't hitting. It. Yeah. So, but he stopped it. But you, when you go to those tapings, that's an experience. Yeah, it is an experience. Um, but they were on Voice the Men. You want to talk about game changers? You think they would? So you think if they started in, in today's time, you think they would have still made it today? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. If they started today. Easy. Oh. Easy. Yep. Because Babyface is very influential oh, in there. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. It's crazy. It's it's uh, yeah. how has the game changed from the time you started to now? Um, I think, I think it's without sounding too old. I think it's oversaturated. I think that just because you have a laptop and headphones doesn't make you a producer. <laughs> Woo! Um, just because you can get your songs on uh, a Spotify or a SoundCloud doesn't make you a hit singer or songwriter. Come on. I think you have to go back to to the essence of the music and 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 believe in the song. You know, you know, we I I keep reverting back to my brother. That's always my 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 go back. But, you know, it's amazing that he's done so many great songs in this era for urban and pop and mm-hmm. even country with Jason Aldean. Right. Um, but the most of the work that he's getting these days are in Korea and Japan. Right. Because they still believe in the song and and the they believe in the music and they believe in the the perfection of getting getting it done right. Right. Instead of just, oh I got a song, I'm gonna throw it out here and see what everybody thinks. Or I'm gonna throw ten songs against the wall and see what sticks. No, even with Jodeci, when Jodeci used to say, you know, we never went in, you know, a lot of times these songwriters like, we need to write the first single, or we need to write this, that, or the fifth. When Jodeci was writing, Devante said, we just went in and, and said, we're going to write the best song we can write today. And when we come back tomorrow, we're going to write the best song we can write tomorrow. I always think that it's better for an artist to go into a studio with, with, the, with co-writers mm-hmm. and write the song there that they, that they want to record, like, like he said. To write, to write the best song that they can write that yeah. day. You know, I always say that. That's that's the best thing that a, a writer can do, an artist can do. Yeah, because, I mean, there's nothing more disheartening when you see these new songwriters or the hot songwriter of the moment, and you get a song, and they're like, well, who you know, who, who do you have in mind for this? And they go, well, you know, Timberlake could do it, or Bieber could do it, or Usher could do it, or Trey Songz could do it. Well, see, there's no authenticity now. Right, right. You know? It's like right. even like Dream, Dream and my brother, this, this one thing that I love about them is when they do write, if they don't go immediately in with the artist, they'll write a verse and a hook, and then they'll sit with the artist and talk. And that's how Icebox was written. Mariana just broke up with his girl, and he was angry. And, and he was like, I'm just, I'm not, you know, I don't, I'm not messing with no women. I just need to commit to this music because every time I'm messing with these girls, it's just, it just freezes me. He said, I get cold. I get cold. And he was like, like a freezer. And then my brother said, I mean, like an icebox almost. He was like, yeah. And that's what happened. Oh, that's Jeez. crazy. Jeez. Well, what you been smoking over there? Man, I am smoking a Monte Crisco. It's a blend. It's like a collaborative effort between Monte is yours, Crisco. Is yours the AJ? Is this yours? Yeah. Is the- yeah, AJ, yeah. AJ Fernandez, yeah. It is fantastic. Jeez. And I don't know how much it costs, but I'm gonna, I might have you to might get me go, another one. Get you another one. We got. What you got over there, Dwayne? Right. Man, I'm I'm gonna butcher this name, but I'm smoking the 
Gilberto Oliva. Wow. So so Dwayne has trouble saying the names of because they, because they're all weird weird names. He had to roll he, off he, his tongue. He he got yeah. that one right that Did time. I get he it got right? that one right. Man, I had to roll that tongue, <laughs> man. I, roll I think you turned off the mic in practice. <laughs> he had to. I did. <laughs> he had to. He, he's usually he's usually like oh, I don't know if I say that right. Yeah, I got cliff notes. <laughs> yeah. Nice. See, she 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 told me I gotta play it by ear. You gotta play it by ear. I got Cliff Nuts, but mine is the uh I got the uh the Romeo and Juliet um aging room. Right. Nice. Which is so it's very smooth. Right. Um I'm definitely gonna finish this when we get off the This is a robust and, and what it is, it went very well with our drink tonight too. Yeah, which is the first time we had it, which is kinda right. like an, it's called the antidote here. I'm sure everybody has their own names to it. Mm-hmm. Um but it's the first one it's 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 like an old fashioned with tequila. Right. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. I finished mine in about 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah. We might need to get another one of those. Yeah, we, we have to get another one. Hey, tequila is and, my friend. Yeah. Right? And mine, too. And mine, too. Everybody in Tennessee don't drink whiskey. I, right? um, I, drink, I drink tequila. I'll sit and drink some Patron all day. So, but this has been great. This has been great to catch up with some friends. No, catch up with, and thank you guys for having me, man. No, I'm thanks really, for coming. I know you, I really appreciate it. I know that you uh, you got your kids in town, so yeah. you took some time out of your out of your schedule with your kids. I appreciate that. Seriously, it means yeah. a lot. It means a lot, bro. It means a lot. So we are uh, we're going to head on out here. Um, we're going to have some drinks and some cars. Let's do that. Can I leave my my social media handles? Yeah, yeah. You go yeah, right ahead. Please, um, listen. Don't 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 hesitate to reach out to me. All my handles are the same. Gregory B. Smith. That's Gregory with two G's. G R E G G O R Y B as in boy Smith. And uh, get at me, man. Like I love to talk to you. I love to talk to everybody. Do it. You know, let's do it. He's very and approachable. Thank you guys. He's very approachable. One of the, one of the guys I met him at CMA. Christmas party. Ooh, we had a blast. Is that two years ago? Yeah. Damn, it's been two yeah, years. It's been two years. Damn. That was a long time ago. Yeah. Time goes by fast. Yeah, We've been man. having some fun. Yeah, that's that's what happened. We've been yeah, having some fun. fun. We've been having some poker games, some cigar nights in my place. It's yeah. been good times. Good times. Yeah. We got some wings, some wings, some wings, ML some wings some ML rolls. We got we got to teach uh, your boy here how to play some poker. Oh, yeah. I, I told him, listen, man, get on Yahoo, man. <laughs> Keep trying to. That money is free, right? <laughs> Lose as much as you yeah. can on that. Okay, that's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> yeah, that's how I learn how to play. Yeah, I need to learn how to play because y'all y'all be going hard, and I'm just like, damn, I'm over here left out in the dark. Y'all sitting there talking about the little poker games. Y'all don't kick it. <laughs> y'all don't turned up. Y'all don't did this. Yeah. Well, you do like Marcus, and you just come and hang out. Yeah. And and, and, and then figure watch. out what they're doing. Yeah. That's all I did. I did what it was like four or five months really? before I actually he played. Came in and watched. I watched. And well, then when he came in to play, I he took everybody money. I took everybody money. Oh well, shit. I took everybody money. I've done that twice. Yep. I've done, you know, I've, I've only, yep, I've, my birthday month and then and then like four or five four months before. Right. I only I've only played twice. I've only played twice. So I, I'm probably playing this month. Yeah, I'm, I'll probably play this month. I'm, I'm definitely might. playing. It's, it's yeah. questionable, yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm might. definitely playing. He plays all the time. Yeah. <laughs> there's some there's some f bomb strap because he, he 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 fakes he got a hand. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I definitely <laughs> he, he definitely has a hand, but someone has got one card bigger. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Five Whiskey. Five Whiskey fucker. Patrick. <laughs> He's going to be on here. We, we, we're getting him on here. He's going to be on here with Patrick Thomas. He's a cool, that's a one cool motherfucker. Yeah, I, I love Patrick, man. Patrick's crazy. <laughs>
All right, well, this has been great. Seriously, thanks for coming out. No, thank you for having me. Thank you. Let's go grab a drink now. Let's yeah. do it. Let's right. do this. All right. All right.